Hello. Do you want to tell me what you saw on the bus today? So on my way to the bus, I'm 80% sure it was human. There is a slight chance that it was a human-sized dog or a very small horse, but it looked like human shit. Horses come out in, like, flops, like round patties. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. Why? Either Could have been a horse that ate a lot of cheese. <laughs> cheese. <laughs> Something <a> fatty. <laughs> a lot of, like, sausage casings. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Okay. I think everyone will enjoy that. (laughs) I have one funny story about cheese, and then I have a weird dream I want to share. Please do. Uh, So I have this um, large paper bag in my room that's full of yarn, of course, and um, cheese, like found it in the middle of the night and there was like a weird noise like at first I was like oh whatever it's a cat and then I was like no that was a really weird noise what's happening so I look over and she's pulling the yarn out of the bag and then like so that sorry I should also say this bag was sitting uh facing out so like the top out on top of a uh green suitcase I have Mm. on like a shelf so she's pulling all the yarn out and I'm like well what are you doing you silly like what's happening here and she pulls it all out and then she jumps in the bag and tries to lie down (laughs) (laughs) I don't know why that seems more comfortable to you than the large bed (laughs) with like me warming it up here but sure go lie in that and she was in there for like five seconds and then I guess realized it wasn't as comfortable as she was hoping (laughs) anyway she's a she's a silly she's she's like me with the sim she just wanted to build the nest she didn't want to stay in it yeah Mm -hmm. Just wanted to destroy something I made. <laughs> All right, in my weird dream, I went over to this tree and there was a bunch of these small birds trying to make a fire. No, um, well, they had a little fire going in these little branches, like they had gathered twigs and stuff to make a fire, and they had it going. And I came over and I sort of startled them, and they stayed, but the fire went out, and I felt bad. But then we all sort of heard something and looked, and there was an owl, and we're like, "Oh no!" And then the owl swoops down and grabs something. And it, it's flying away with a thing in its claws, and it was a bald eagle. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a prophetic dream. That sounds like <laughs> something in a Thor movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then, like, I was like, that's super weird, but the birds were just sort of like, um, we need another fire. So I had to, like, I was trying to help them make another fire in a tree, which, as I woke up, was like, idiot birds. Yeah. Like, you're going to burn the whole forest down. <laughs> It's fine. They, I woke up, so they're probably fine. Everyone except for that bald eagle is alive. All, right. All your brain birds are safe. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you for that. That was. I'm jealous. I'm constantly jealous of your dreams, because I don't remember mine, and also because yours are so <laughs> magical sounding. <laughs> we should start. Oh yeah, we should. Yeah, let's discuss a film. Oh, should we do the? Do we do the title sequence every time? Oh yeah. You say yes. like my name's blank and my name's blank yes you have to remind us every time so okay <laughs> thanks for that Good. my name's barbara my name's melissa and, and this is uh, i uh, forgot <laughs> yeah <laughs> what did we forget this week barbara we forgot fatal attraction uh which is one that we both thought was basic instinct. <laughs> yes, I was so excited to be able to immediately tie the second episode into the first because of the loud leg crossing. Uh, <laughs> and the intense eye contact. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, this one doesn't have any leg crossing. It has oh. so much of Glenn Close's boobs, though. Oh, like fully out? Yes. I saw her nipples oh. so many times. At one point, they're having a fight, and her tits are just out. And I told my mom, I watched this month with my mom. Yeah. Uh, before I realized that Fatal Attraction was 18A, I invited her over for a movie night. Uh, there wasn't that much sex. Although I don't ever want to watch a blowjob scene with my mom. Uh, we'll go in. I'll, I will explain the blowjob scene in detail. But anyways, yeah, there's a point where they're fighting and Glenn Close's tits are just out. And I turned to my mom like, have you ever had a fight with dad with your tits out? Because I would <laughs> never. Yeah. No one's allowed to see my nipples while I'm mad at them. That's a gift. <laughs> Bare boobs isn't an angry, isn't an angry mood. No, you gotta, they're fully covered. They're mad. I'm mad. And the f- frustrating part is she's got the sheet held up to her chest, but one nipple is still out. 
Oh, so someone like came over and they're like, let's choose that scene again, but just whoop. Yeah, there's actually the- there's a continuity error in one point because it starts out with the sheet like at her waist. Yeah. And her tits are fully out and they're arguing. And then it's like up covering one titty. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what the point of that was. <laughs> her one her her one boob was just like over it and he's like this was the max of my screen time yeah. we both signed different contracts <laughs> I said five minutes they, it's that one said ten yeah <laughs> okay sorry we were talking about boobs yeah okay so Fatal Attraction uh, do you know anything about this movie? I watched the trailer because I got confused looking like thinking it was Basic Instinct and I was oh. like wait a second like Michael Douglas is in this movie <laughs> and like I thought the person in Basic Instinct was Sharon Stone who I, th- I actually think it is and I was like that doesn't look like the person I'm picturing is Sharon Stone so I had mm. to like watch the trailer I was like oh yeah okay so what do you know what Basic Instinct is about because all I know about it now is that that's the one with the leg crossing yeah I just know the leg crossing I think she murders her husband alright anyway sorry Fatal Attraction Fatal Attraction <laughs> Okay, so it's it. How to summarize it for you? Do you know H Bomber guy? He did that stream recently to raise money for mermaids. He's oh, all over Twitter. The one where he's like, I want to make like ten thousand dollars, and then he made like hundreds of thousands of yeah, dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know him, but I know that event. Okay. Uh, he had a video about the room that I was mm-hmm. watching a few weeks ago. That this movie made me think of only because his analysis of the room is that. This is very clearly written by a man who had a bad breakup and doesn't have the empathy to understand what went wrong. Mm. Because the room is just... I don't know if you've seen it. This is a Tommy Wiseau one? Yeah. Yeah. I've heard of it. Okay. I've heard it's a mess. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just him... It's, it's just a movie about a man feeling like a victim. Oh, yeah, okay. Um, Fatal Attraction is this. About a man cheating on his wife, treating the person he cheated on his wife with like absolute shit, and then out of nowhere she goes crazy and tries to kill everyone. Oh, yeah. He definitely didn't do anything. Yeah. But, like, it's so... It feels really overt that this has definitely happened to this writer, and he definitely lacked the empathy to understand that his crazy mistress... Like, I don't think... (laughs) This guy really had a mistress who tried to murder people, but... You know, she probably, like, told his wife or something. I, I, ideologically, I told you this on the train, but I hate everything about this movie from a writing standpoint, but it's really good. I wouldn't watch it again, but it was, I'm glad I watched it and I understand why it was so popular. So it was the opposite of Top Gun, where you're like, why did people watch this? Yeah. Fatal Attraction, you're like, oh, okay, I understand. Yeah, like, like, this is, this is a upsetting testament to male fantasy in the 80s but it was a fun watch yeah so yeah it opens it actually opens with the kids going shit 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 which is really cute yeah uh and also there's a dog yeah. nothing bad happens to the dog i'm gonna say that off the bat because i was worried the whole time yeah. two hours of just what happens to this poor sweet puppy he neglects the dog his wife goes away that's when he takes the opportunity to cheat on her and he spends the whole time neglecting the dog Aww. doesn't even take it out for a walk Oh, but is, is that overtly in the story, or are you just like, why don't you spending time with your dog? Well, I think... Like, is that part of the character build or whatever? The first day she's gone, he neglects the dog, and I don't think you're supposed to be mad at him. Also, from the trailer, he's got a super pretty wife. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> no, she's gorgeous, and there's so many scenes of her getting ready and, like, putting makeup on, and I think it's meant to be like voyeuristic 80s man shit like she's always like rubbing lotion on her chest and shit please don't someone's staring at someone's taking a photo um what was I <laughs> right uh so oh she's super pretty she's always rubbing lotion on herself I'm gay was the point <laughs> of that story I think um okay so yeah it opens with his family and his wife's getting ready for a party and his kid overhears his mom her mom saying shit so she goes shit 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 down the hallway and it's adorable um and then they go to this book launch at a japanese restaurant there is so much 80s businessmen making fun of japanese people in this movie 
there's a lot of stuff like that in the film that it feels like is meant to make you like the main character that just hasn't carried on like that's supposed to be really like oh isn't he funny oh yeah goofy yeah. and charming or whatever and it's like no, he's just racist though you know he's gross yeah yeah also he's michael douglas which he always just looks a little gross yeah michael douglas has a very dad vibe to me yeah. I don't find him gross. <laughs> I think it's because his teeth are crooked in the exact same places that my dad's are. <laughs> <laughs> I just feel like he always looks like a little bit like the specter of death. Like he's he yeah he's definitely dying as like as you see him. It's like oh he's his face has like too much skin maybe <laughs> like, <laughs> like a hound dog. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't have like jowls or anything, but there is something like this the. The shape that your face skin is making doesn't match the bone Bones. structure or something. <laughs> he stole someone else's face. <laughs> oh, no. We've uncovered it. Yeah. Right here today. When this, Michael Douglas stole a face. When this podcast gets famous, I just want to apologize to Michael Douglas. I don't think you've done anything to make me hate you. So, sorry about your weirdly gone face. <laughs> Oh, I was going to throw out a couple of taglines because I watched the trailer and mm. I felt like they had like a bunch of taglines, which was odd to me. Mm. And not, none of them were like particularly good. So I was like, it's strange, but like, I'll just read them out to you and you can tell me. Okay. Like, okay. So it's called Fatal Attraction. And then like the first tagline was when man meets taser, sparks fly. That's interesting. Yeah, that is uh, sort of abstract. A taser briefly features in the film. Well, it makes a bit more sense then. Uh, the other one was you never expect to meet your soulmate on the train tracks, which in the trailer, again, there are no train tracks. So I don't know why they chose oh. that. Yeah, that's also pretty. Yeah. I like it. There's got there's a kind of dreamlike quality to these. like. Yeah, I'm wondering it's if maybe real. it's got some sort of like hidden thing, like the train tracks are actually something else, or the train tracks mean blah blah blah. Mm -hmm. It's the train tracks of your heart. Yeah, because again, I haven't watched this movie, I just watched the trailer <laughs> and I was like, oh, what are these weird, <laughs> weird things? The other one they say, like, right at the end, super fast, so I had to, like, listen back a couple of times, mm -hmm. was uh, don't cheat on your partner, Dingleberry. Oh, yeah. No, that I think that one's the most fitting. Okay. For sure. Well, it makes me super weird because these other ones were very clear in the trailer. Couldn't figure out, like, why so many. And, like, this one, again, like, very fast, very quietly at the end. Like, someone was like, we should we should put it in. And everyone else was like, fine, if you're insisting, we're going to speed up your voice three times. <laughs> <laughs> Make it super quiet. Very end of the trailer. I wonder if uh, the writers, the writer who definitely cheated on somebody, if the person he cheated on was maybe in charge of that trailer snuck it in at maybe the they were like well you know we got this guy's side of the story why don't we get the other person's side of the story and that's all they got yeah <laughs> <laughs> well yeah we'll see you tell me what you think how how well those fit once you've once I've masterfully explained this to you oh I forgot to mention that when the family's all hanging out and having fun the kid is watching some 80s version of uh oh I thought this was a very quintessentially 90s thing but it's just a, some reality show where people are getting goo dropped on them. Oh. Anyway, so yeah, they, they go to the book release. It's for some self-help book, Japanese-themed. It's like samurai something. Oh. <laughs> I just assumed the that they were at the Japanese restaurant for just because they were like, oh, we're excited to have this food. Yeah. No, no, no. The book release <clears throat> is at the Japanese restaurant because it's a Japanese-themed self-help book. But I bet a white guy wrote it. Oh, for sure. Either way. So he that's where he meets his mistress with his wife at this event. Um, and his annoying friend makes eyes with Glenn Close. And Glenn Close shoots him this, like, fuck off and die look. And then they talk about it for a solid three minutes. So it's like uh, Michael Douglas and his gross friend talk about it? Yeah. Okay. Uh, his gross friend is also married, by the way. So then he goes up to the bar and he sees her at the bar, and he's like, I'm not going to hit on you. I wouldn't do that. And then she's like, that's what I like about you. And then they flirt. And then, um, much like Top Gun, the next day it turns out they work together. Oh. So he goes to this meeting about this book release, and this is where it gets so 
obnoxious. So whatever, she's representing this author who's wrote, written a novel about a senator cheating on his wife. And then the whole, like, everyone in the room is talking about how this congressman is trying to stop the book from being published and sue them or whatever because he had an affair with that author. And then Glenn Close <laughs> is like, um, that's true, he did, but she's also had an affair with a lot of people in politics, so it could be anyone. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Yeah. <laughs> Good for her. The other annoying part of that scene is that he's he's the lawyer, so he's all worried about being sued for libel or whatever. And she says that, and he goes, and you believe her? And she's like, yes, I do. And he goes, okay. And then he gets cream cheese on his nose. And she's like, oh, he listens to what I said, and he's a little bit goofy. That's hot. <laughs> so sexy. <laughs> He's a slob and also will take me at my word. So, like, I guess that's good. <laughs> also, he eats a bagel super weird. It's like he's got cream cheese all over the outside of it. And he's eating it, like, half sideways. So, of course, you're getting cream cheese on your nose. Uh, you know what? I had a fact about this that might explain that. Hmm. Apparently, like... For whatever reason, craft services was there. Someone put a whole bunch of rubber frogs on the table. And Michael Douglas was like, oh, sweet candy. And he ate 12 of them before he realized they were rubber. Oh, my God. And he had to, like, be rushed to hospital. So maybe, like, when he was eating that bagel, he was just like, I just can't. I just can't have things in my mouth. So he's just, like, trying to shove it on his face. Oh, okay. Yeah, that does. That makes sense because he does sort of seem like he has indigestion through this entire film and I thought it was supposed to be how, what stress looks like in the <laughs> 80s oh so yeah when he's getting dropped off his wife drops him off at this meeting and they're going to the country for a few days to check out this house that they're going to buy they're setting up that it's okay that he's going to cheat on his wife because the night that they get home from the party she's getting into bed and asks him to walk the dog and then when he gets home she's out of her sexy party dress and she's in bed with their kid. How old is the kid? Like six. Yeah, so like, what, like, he's he's allowed to cheat on his wife because he's not... He's a man, Melissa. He has needs. He has needs, and if there's a child there, what is he going to do? Yeah. Like, go to the bathroom. He, he was forced to go take out the dog. Yeah. And now he's forced to care for his family. Like, how much should a man take, really? Yeah, that's rude. I also will just put in... Uh, right now, this other fact that I found, uh, the working title for this and like what they were really going for was fecal attraction. Mm. But they weren't sure the world was ready to see like a piece of shit. As I wasn't this morning. <laughs> <laughs> as a leading man. So they were like, oh, let's make it a person. They cast Michael Douglas. Not saying Michael Douglas looks anything like a piece of shit, but his character is a piece of shit. Yeah. So. Yeah, he's a huge piece of shit. Yeah. That makes sense. I would say it does, but, like, I'm wondering if it gets subversive somewhere where they're like, guys, he's a piece of shit, or if we just have to wait 30 years and be like, oh, yeah, no, he is a piece of shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that that probably went over the head of moviegoers when it was released, but now looking back on it. You know it, what? The person who did the tagline of don't cheat on your partner, Dingleberry, was the one probably who was originally writing this as fecal attraction. Mm hmm and I'm guessing, like, the m movie execs or whatever who read it were like, hey, this is pretty good, but the why is the cool guy a poop? And just changed it to a guy they thought was cool. Yeah. So, yeah, they have this meeting. He's irresistible because he gets cream cheese on his nose. Uh, and then they leave the meeting, and it's raining, and they can't find a cab, so they have to get a drink together. So she's flirting really heavily with him. And there's at no point at which he's like, oh, I'm married, but maybe. It's just mm -hmm. full-on, we're flirting together, and then he outright asks her, like, so are we going to have sex, or? <laughs> and she's like, what do you mean? Oh, well, are we? And he's like, I think that's up to you, and that's how their affair starts. I mean, I feel if you're going to cheat on your partner, I you shouldn't, but also you should tell the person you're cheating with that you're cheating with them. Well, she met his wife at the party. Oh, yeah, right, right, right. Well, she didn't meet her. She saw her. Um, <coughs> and he's wearing a ring. Like, she, the whole time, is like, so... 
So she probably oh, yeah, knows. Yeah. I think this is probably one of the big lines from it. She's like, uh, are you discreet? And he's like, yes. Are you? And she's like, I'm very discreet. <laughs> and then they're like, so we're going to have sex. Also, I guess it doesn't really matter to her because it sounds like she's been having affairs with many political figures. So The author she's representing has been. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, they've established that they're going to fuck. And then the next scene is them fucking. And they're fucking in the kitchen. And I was actually kind of pleasantly surprised by this scene because I thought it was... So much of this is just male fantasy. He's a good guy. He cares for his family. But gosh, he has needs. So this woman immediately throws herself at him. But they're, like, doing it on the counter in front of the sink. Like, all the plates are shifting around and she accidentally turns the water on. And then it gets (laughs) weird. Like, she's reaching behind her and getting her hands wet and then, like, rubbing his face with it and, like, putting her hands in his mouth. (laughs) <laughs> just keeping him better keeping him hydrated yeah it's, it's very strange like she takes a fistful of water and like puts it in his mouth tries to drown him yeah <laughs> yeah and then that, I think that's the first time she gets her tit out she gets her hand wet and then takes one, one titty out, out. Um, <laughs> and then that part wasn't the part I was pleasantly surprised with but um, he like picks her up and is trying to take her to the bedroom but his pants are at his ankles and there's a scene where he's like stumbling <laughs> it's actually kind of cute uh and then he almost breaks his dick trying to keep it in her while he puts her in the bed and then they laugh and that's the sex well and then the next morning or not not the next morning this also all happens in one day so they have sex they finish having sex they're all sweaty and <laughs> very just top up in the bed facing yeah. The ceiling kind of thing. And then they go dancing. Did they have sex in his house? They had sex in his house, yes. With his kid there? No, his kid and his wife are in the country. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but not the dog. But not the dog. The dog, he is just going to leave there for the rest of the day while they go dancing and then back to her place. So I just want to establish, he went to a meeting in the morning. They went for a drink and had dinner. Then they had sex. Now they're going dancing. And then they go back to her place and have more sex. I'm tired. <laughs> I am. If I go to a meeting and then for dinner, that's my day. I'm not gonna have sex twice, and I'm definitely not going dancing. Yeah, like that's that's a big day. Like for myself, if I haven't planned most of those things, I'm like I can maybe do one, but we'll see how I feel. Like okay. I'm like, yeah, like we're waiting for a cab in the rain and no nuns nuns coming. Nuns. And you're like, let's go get dinner. I'm like, well, I don't know. Like, yeah. It sounds like, I'm like, I feel like I find a cab in the next, like, 10, 15 minutes, but dinner's going to take an hour. I want to go home. Yeah, like, I had stuff I was going to do. I was, have to do laundry. Yeah. It's like, I got a couple of chores. Like, maybe we can make a, a plan for a different day and we'll see how we feel then. Like, <laughs> and it, they, she says later, I'm 35. And he's probably, like, 40. And I'm... It's just... I I marvel at their energy. Because I am younger than that. And Dancing would be my whole day. I have to work <laughs> up to that. Like, if I'm eating a bagel at work, I've got a busy work day. I'm not doing anything yeah. after that. <laughs> like, bagels at work mean I'm having breakfast at work, which means that's it. Yes. That's, I'm only working that day. <laughs> you, The cab's not coming? Why don't we... Like, why don't you go pick me up food and meet me back here. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to go stay inside where it's dry. <laughs> okay. My Rubik's Cube or whatever they had for phones back then. <laughs> so, yeah, he has sex with Glenn Close again. Uh, and then he goes home, and he has a message from his wife saying to call him. And so he does. And, oh, she has to stay another day. Mm. She couldn't see the house. Also, his wife comes in, like, his mother-in-law picks up the phone when he calls, and she's gardening. And then his wife comes in, looking so beautiful, and this like she's backlit from the sunlight, just smiling into the phone because she's been having a great day. And I just, I hate, I want him to die. I hate him so much. Yeah, he sounds like a piece of poo, mm-hmm. which is what they were originally going for. Yeah, I like. I don't even understand how they're not. Like they seem to still be making his wife out. Sorry, I went closer to the microphone. Hope that doesn't. <laughs> they seem to still be making his wife out as like a really nice person. 
but I don't think they're really portraying him as a bad enough person from the sounds of it. Yeah, it's very much like... It's like Glenn Close is the bad person in this relationship, and it's like... Yeah, they're setting it up, like, how could someone do this to this family? And it's like, I don't know, how could he? Yeah. He did this. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, so he gets another romantic day with Glenn Close. So they, he finally decides to stop neglecting the dog that he left in his house all night, didn't take for a walk or feed. So yeah, they go to the park, and they're running around with the dog, and it's so romantic, and then inexplicably, I think they're playing catch or something, and instead of getting the ball, he just falls down and pretends to have a heart attack. Oh, and I'm she's like, you mean Michael Douglas and not the dog? No, no, Michael yeah. Douglas. <laughs> yeah. Very smart dog. <laughs> and then she goes, that's not funny. My dad died of a heart attack. And he's like, oh, I'm so sorry. I would never do that if I'd known. And then she starts laughing because her dad didn't die of a heart attack. She pranked him back. It was very like I've never experienced real romance before. <laughs> yeah. And also, like, obviously, Michael Douglas's character thinks it's funny to threaten people's lives so I can see where I go in close I assume tries to kill his family yeah yeah so he fakes a heart attack at the park and that's super romantic for some reason and then they go back to her house and she makes spaghetti which his wife on the phone tells him like I made I made you spaghetti it's in the fridge and so she makes spaghetti so she makes a different thing of spaghetti yeah she makes spaghetti at her house for him also, can I just say spaghetti is the least romantic thing? Because it requires, at least the way I make it, no effort, and I hate it. Uh, spaghetti's delicious. Don't say shit like that ever, especially not while we're recording. <laughs> <laughs> but also, yeah, it's not very romantic because I've never just had, like, a little bit of spaghetti and then been like, I'd like to do something very physical now. <laughs> like, spaghetti is for after sex. <laughs> to get your strength back. <laughs> yeah. Carb alone. Yeah, so they're making... There's so much fake deep shit in this, too. Like, it's just a film entirely about the male ego. Because they're making spaghetti, and they're listening to Madame Butterfly. And he starts talking, and she's like, oh, we can turn that off if you want. He's like, no, I love Madame Butterfly. I went and saw it with my dad when I was a kid. And then he told me that she was going to kill herself in the next act. And I was so scared. And that's, she, like, and then it's just a shot of her looking at him, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why? I don't, because he's a, he was a sensitive little boy, he needed protection. Oh, wait, you can, you can actually feel emotions? Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, quite the catch. Have my spaghetti. Have my spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, they eat, and then she starts talking about their future together or some shit like just her feelings like can I see you again or whatever and he's like I'm sorry I thought we had an understanding like I think you're fantastic but I'm married which have that conversation before you cheat on your wife yeah have that conversation with your wife and then with the person you want to sleep with and if not everyone's cool with it then don't sleep with someone yeah and also don't have that conversation after you spent a like date day together yes like you guys were out like having a fun date like obviously it wasn't just a physical thing like, yeah at some point why would you tell her that you saw madame butterfly as a kid unless you yeah that's only information you share with the person you care about <laughs> yeah i don't there seems to be some kind of thread they're trying to weave in with japanese shit in this movie i don't know if it's just it's the they 80s met there it's kind of yeah exotifying it somehow but it it was just very strange and i don't i didn't connect whatever dots they were trying to leave but anyway yeah so he finally says that he's married and they weren't going to have a long-term relationship uh and then they have sex again yeah of course yeah he gets up because he has to go take care of his house and make it look like he was living there all day and then um she freaks out that's what i think that's when they have the argument with her titty out like she's all upset because he doesn't want to be with her. Now that I've heard more of this, I wonder if one of her titties was out just to be like, or one or both, because I think it changed, just to be like, this is, this is what you're, this missing, is what you're missing. Like, you're leaving these these wonderful boobs? Yeah, it's a bit hard. It's hard to tell because 
Glenn Close is a, a great actress and mm-hmm. a very beautiful woman. But it's the 80s and everyone has a perm and she looks freaky as hell. She looks so fucking scary in this movie. <laughs> yeah, well, she has... Like, I was noticing that as well. She has, like, a larger forehead and a, quite a strong jaw mm-hmm. and, like, a large mouth. And I'm like, yeah, like, I've seen her before and she's gorgeous. But, in, like, because of the, like, big hair that's not at all on her face or, like, anything that just goes out and you're just like, what? And, like, they're obviously trying to make her look a bit scarier anyway because she's going to mm-hmm. turn into a monster soon. Mm-hmm. But it's like, <laughs> this is so frightening. She's so freaky. Like, that's the one part that I don't think her titty was out to like tantalize him because it was just like she's getting she's yelling at him and she looks like a death eater or something (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah so she yells at him with her titty out and then he's like well i'm still leaving so smell you later and then um as he's like at the door she's in the kitchen with her hands behind her back and she's like come here say goodbye to me nicely and he walks over, which I Is wouldn't... Is she dressed now, or...? Yeah, she's wearing a, a big shirt. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know how people... How women dress at home. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so she she tells him to come over and her hands are behind her back. And it's all suspenseful. And then she, like, touches his face and there's blood all over his face. And he's like, what the hell? And then she's slit both of her wrists. Is it... <laughs> across the road or down the street <laughs> across the road <laughs> um yeah so I I think that's meant to be her why she makes eyes when he says that he was afraid of Madame Butterfly suicide she's like oh I have an idea that <laughs> you'll never leave me yeah so he stays the night and bandages up her wrists and doesn't take her to the hospital well that's here. I don't know, fifth mistake right there. Yeah. Uh, no, they don't, she doesn't, he doesn't take her to the hospital, uh, but he does stay up all night while she sleeps and then, like, wakes her up when he's about to leave and says, like, I'll call you. Uh, promise me you'll go to the hospital, which, like, she just tried to kill herself. You can't be like, promise me you'll take care of yourself. Yeah. Also, I'm leaving and there'll be very little contact from here on out. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so he goes home, and then he, like, takes the spaghetti out of the fridge and puts it on the floor for the dog to eat, which, again, is not filmed, like, look at this piece of shit. His wife made him dinner, and he doesn't even care. It's just, like, oh, now he's got to do this. Also, he never fed the dog yeah. the whole time. Yeah. So now this dog is eating spaghetti. Yeah. Which is also, like, probably fine for a dog, but not feeding them properly is not fine for the dog. No. You shouldn't be eating a whole bunch of noodles <laughs> yeah Gosh. yeah so he, he feeds the spaghetti to the dog and then he like gets in bed and makes it look messy because of course he doesn't make the bed when she's not home <laughs> <laughs> sorry it's a little bit like <laughs> like it's so unlikely that he will make this bed that he knows he can't leave it made for when she's home yeah because it's not like oh she's been gone for like two days let's make sure it looks nice when she comes back it's like no no obviously mm-hmm Making the bed isn't my chore, so why would I do it? Mm-hmm. So his wife comes home, and he kisses her and bites her cheek. Uh, bites her cheek? He bites her cheek. So I don't get it, but I know it's not unique to this film or to Michael Douglas. Every time he kisses a woman or his kid, he, like, rolls his face. You know that tattoo video where they're just rubbing their faces on each other? Yeah. It's like that. Like, he'll just rub his face on them, and then he'll sort of open and close his mouth like he's biting them, but not actually, like, touch their skin. Is he trying to do, like, a French greeting kiss? Like, what? It's just rubbing. It's, he's just face rubbing on these people. Is this, is this some subliminal messaging? Remember, Michael Douglas is a dog. (laughs) No, I don't, it's just supposed to be, like, I don't he know. Has passion? Affection. Yeah. Like he missed his wife or something. He, oh yeah, she get she comes home and he's like, I missed you. And she's like, You liar. <laughs> and then he like rubs his face on her and bites her cheek and stuff. <laughs> I and don't then, understand. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then she's like, So when are we gonna go up and see the house together? And he's like, Let's do it tomorrow. Because he feels bad, so now he's actually gonna spend time with his family. Just after they get home from this trip. Well, let's drive back out there. Mm-hmm. 
inconsiderate. He's trying to cover something up. And yeah, so he goes to work and um, she shows up at his work in a giant black trench coat that she does not remove to reveal that she's naked underneath. Uh, her, his wife? Or no, Glenn Close does. Okay, yeah, yeah. She says, like, I'm sorry for trying to kill myself. Like, that must have been really uncomfortable for you. And then she goes, he's like, oh, don't worry about it. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> um, no, no, it's fine. <laughs> and then she goes, a lot of guys would have run away. No, actually, Glenn Close, a lot of guys would not have abandoned you while you bled out in your apartment. I mean, I hope not, but I hope that a lot of guys would have called an ambulance for you and made sure you got to the hospital rather than keeping you in your home. Yeah. When obviously something's the matter. Yes. But no, she gives him credit for not leaving her there to die. And then, oh, and then she invites, she's got tickets to Madame Butterfly and she'd like to go together. And he says no. Honestly, after that stunt, I would also say no. (laughs) And then the next scene is her in a room that I assume is her in her house, right, like, sitting on the floor by a lamp that she keeps turning on and off, and there's just Madam Butterfly tickets. Oh. Sitting by the radio. So there's that. Uh, so this is how you start, I guess, the slitting her wrist was how you were supposed to know that she's crazy, but this is how you start to know that she's, like, she's going to stay crazy for a while. Yeah, well, before it could have been, like, she's just distraught because this guy she's known for two days has said, like, oh, no, no, this is just a real quick fling. Like, I have... I don't plan wife. to leave my wife for you. Yeah. Um, so, obviously, like like many women, you'd be like, no, and you would try to kill yourself. Mm-hmm. But just so you know, she's the kind of person who was doing that, you know, because that's the kind of person she is, rather than... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, this was the first part of her plan. Yeah, so she goes. She sits on the floor, and that means she's crazy. And then he has a dinner party, and then he rubs his face on his wife again while she's getting ready. Scent marking. Yeah, you, maybe that might be it. <laughs> yeah, there. He's like rubbing his face, and they're about to do stuff or whatever. And then the doorbell rings, and his friends are there, and it's his annoying friend from the the one that creeped out Glenn Close and his wife. Who is super cute as well. I just want a movie with these wives. She's got yeah. this pixie cut and she's funny as hell. Like, uh. she's really well written. Not really. Uh, she gets like four lines and I enjoyed them all. Which. But this is just especially annoying because, like, both the wives seem like nice, cool people. Yeah. And it's like, I mean. You know, to be honest, like, everyone could be cheated on, but I'm like, if it was, was a person who was, like, mad at you or, like, emotionally distant, like, I feel Michael Douglas is, like, I would feel, like, a little, like, be able to suspend my disbelief a little bit more, be like, yeah, like, I can understand why you're cheating. Yeah. You, you shouldn't, but, like, I can understand that, you know, you're not feeling fulfilled, but Michael Douglas is just like, I want more sex. Yeah. Oh, my beautiful wife isn't enough. Yeah, we. She let her daughter sleep in the bed. We only have sex sometimes. (laughs) I want sex whenever. (laughs) Yeah, so they have a dinner party and talk about how they're moving, as if we couldn't figure that out already. Um, and then the phone rings at dinner. Dun dun dun! Telemarketer. (laughs) And then his wife goes to pick it up, and he's like staring at her. Oh, she's answering the phone. She just keeps saying hello, and it's clearly Alex, and she hung, hangs up. Oh, Glenn Close's name is Alex. Okay. The wife picks up, she hangs up, and then she calls again at 2 in the morning, and he pretends it's a work call, and he's like, it's 2 a.m. You shouldn't be calling me at 2 a.m. Work. <laughs> <laughs> um, Why are you still at the office? <laughs> so she convinces him to come meet her, and they meet in a train station, and... She, Oh, that's why they have the thing about the train tracks. What what was the tagline again? Could you say it? Uh, you never expect to meet your soulmate on the train tracks. Ah, uh, okay. Push your soulmate onto the train tracks, maybe. Yeah, well, that's what I, I assumed, just based on what I knew about the movie, that someone would be pushed on a train track. Oh, no. Although it looks like he's considering it, because when they meet, she tells him that she's pregnant, and she's keeping it. Sorry, when did they have sex? 
<laughs> three days ago? Like three days ago. <laughs> um, and yeah, she's like, and I, I talked to my gynecologist today. You can call him. And then she gives him her gynecologist card. So I don't know if it's supposed to be like she really is pregnant. And they just don't understand how that works. Yeah, or if she's... Because lo- later in the movie, he's telling his friend about all of this. And he's like, I called the guy in college. Do you know what he said? He said, congratulations. <laughs> like, yeah, that's how most doctors would respond to it. <laughs> yeah, just tell the doctor, no, she was my one-time mistress. I have a different wife. <laughs> oh, well, I guess you uh, have some explaining to do. <laughs> Yeah, so she says I'm pregnant, and he's like, oh, okay, well, I'll help you take care of it. Which, like, of, yes, you should offer to pay for her abortion, but you have to confirm that she wants one first. You can't just be like, yeah, let's get it out of there. Well, also, you also have to pay for the child now. Yeah. Guess what? Having sex sometimes leads to a child, and you're responsible for that. Yeah. Yeah, she's like, I'm, I'm keeping it, and you can be as involved if you, as you want, which is, yeah. So normal guy he sneaks into her building and grabs her key and gets into her house and goes through her scrapbooks because that's how you react when someone you cheated on your wife with tells you that they're pregnant go through the scrapbooks and paint little pictures of your head over your friend's heads yeah Yeah. so again she is the crazy one but he's the first to break into her house and go through her stuff and in the scrapbook he finds I don't know if it's supposed to be the congressperson that died or whatever it's like a clipping of someone who died unexpectedly of a heart attack. And it just sort of lingers on that, like... Was it her Based dad? on her was behavior. Her dad? Oh! That would make sense. Well, I mean, like, I, again, I don't know. It could be a congressman that she killed somehow making them have a heart attack. No, I think yours... I think... Thank you. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I'm glad I can help piece yeah. this together. Because <laughs> that didn't make any sense to me. But also, it doesn't make any... like. Sure, maybe she lied about it because it's an awkward conversation to have and she didn't want you to feel bad. Yeah, maybe she said it and then she was like, oh, that's too that's too strong and, like, took it back sort of thing. Because yeah. she was like, oh, I don't want to share that with you, actually. Yeah. I Anyway. So, yeah. yeah, he normal guy goes through her scrapbooks and she, like, calls and harasses him a bit, I guess. Not really. She calls him at work and he's like, tell her, don't tell her I'm out if she calls again. And then he changes his number. And then there's this scene where she finds out that he changes his number. And the visual, like, the way that we are to understand that she's gone full crazy is because she's sitting in bed without socks on, like, dialing with a pencil and eating Doritos. That sounds cool. Yeah. Like, it's just, that sounds like a nice evening. Yeah, I'd do that. She looks very comfortable. She's got Oreos and Doritos. Oh, you didn't mention the Oreos. Oh, okay. Like, that's sounds very pleasant i mean like aside from trying to call someone like i'm like yeah Yeah. i'd do that anytime like (laughs) no socks lots of snacks touching stuff with a pencil yeah it also just seems really enjoyable to to dial one of those phones with a pencil yeah i'm actually really wanting to push buttons with a pencil (laughs) yeah so she's eating doritos sockless and then that's why she's crazy oh sockless or topless sockless okay that's what i thought you said but then i was like Oh, but maybe it's topless, because that would be... That's a little much for me, but... No, that still sounds like it would rock. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, he and Beth go and look at the house. Okay. Um, and whatever, they're they're going to buy it. She's like, we could have painting parties, and he's like, that sounds terrible. I'm rich, and I don't want to do stuff myself. Yeah, it's just like, he's just... He sounds like a ding-a-ling. Yeah. So they got to sell their apartment, and he comes home one day, and guess who's checking out their apartment to buy um, his gross friend. No. Uh, Glenn Close. Yes. Another fact I heard about this movie, which maybe ties into this, but maybe maybe they were just putting it in there just as, like, a fun fact. Uh, Glenn Close and Michael Douglas actually have, like, the same exact same shoe size. So I wonder if that's, like, uh, I guess you can tell me in a sec, if that's a plot point in the movie where she's like, oh, I'll move in, you can leave all your shoes here. Well, yeah, no, there is a funny part at the end of that scene. I think it's just to relieve this suspension of like oh she's in his house uh because at the end of that scene she leaves and they have a conversation or he and his wife has a, have a conversation and then Glenn Close comes back she's like sorry I took the wrong shoes <laughs> <laughs> that's 
Okay, like that's great that it fits in so well. Because mm-hmm. yeah. I was like, this seems like a one-off, just like a like oh, and just like fun fact about Michael Douglas and blowing clothes. But I was like, well, why is it specifically for this movie? So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, no, that's awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, it comes up again in the bowling scene. So yeah, she's she's been in his apartment talking to his wife, apparently not explaining to her everything that happened, so that they can conspire together to ruin his life. And then he comes in, and they pretend that they've met for the first time. And then she's like, oh, haven't I met you before? Yeah, you were at that book launch. And he's like, you've got a great memory. Like, he's not playing it cool at all. He's so bad at lying in front of his wife, which, like... Can I just make a comparison? Mm. It's like when uh, Bob and Linda and the kids are going to King's Head Island to look at open houses, and they come to the open house of the guy Bob met on the on the ferry over. And is that the one where they're pretending to be rich? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I vaguely remember that episode. Yeah. <laughs> um, Stephanie Beatriz is the realtor in it, and, like, Bob and the guy do a really awkward introduction because they're pretending they don't know each other, and she's like, wow, you guys sure are good at introducing yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> or introductions or something like that. Yeah, it was very much that. Yeah. Uh, except she's super smooth. Which is further evidence that she's crazy. Yeah, being able to adapt to situations is crazy. Mm-hmm. Just as soon as any sort of adversity comes your way, just like s- sit down. <laughs> 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 to be a um, one of those like uh, money sniffing dogs. Just oh, I found a bunch of money, and they sit down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I'm like oh, something's mildly inconvenienced me, and I don't want to deal with it. Just sit. <laughs> just lie down. Yeah, she looks at it house and talks about buying it and then she leaves and then he goes to her house and he buys it and he's like get (laughs) out of here and he immediately starts yelling at her there's no like hey i really wish you hadn't done that or like please maybe leave my family alone he like goes into her house and just starts yelling and she's very calm well and also i just want to remind everyone that he's already broken into her house yeah so it's like i don't know if she found out explicitly or not but this could just be her being like hey shithead how do you like it when I do it to you mm-hmm. like at least someone let me into your house yeah I'm here someone like I'm here on like a legit pretense like maybe I do want to buy your house maybe that's what will feed me while you go off with your wife maybe my baby and I will live here <laughs> yeah she lets him into her house and he starts yelling and then she's like very reasonable about the whole thing she's just like I actually just want you to treat me with respect like you came into my life and you kind of upended it uh yeah. what she says i think kind of an iconic line is like i won't be ignored dan she's supposed to be super creepy but also he's been ignoring her and she's pregnant so yeah like obviously you guys had a misunderstanding at the beginning when you went to leave she's like what do you mean and you're like well obviously this is a fling she obviously didn't realize that so you've got some work to do and then yeah as soon as she's like hey i'm pregnant i'm keeping this baby you've got more work to do yeah you can't just hope this you can't just sit down and hope this problem goes away that's like that's what i mean when i talking about like this feels like the writer was really cheating on someone because it feels so much like it must all be this person's fault like something bad is happening to me this has nothing to do it's not consequences of my own actions well it seems very much like i had to acknowledge that my wife was a real person i just hate doing that Mm -hmm. but then also the mistress is a person and she can do things without Mm -hmm. me telling her she can do things Mm -hmm. like stuff that doesn't even serve me no that doesn't (laughs) sound right yeah so she's like i won't be ignored dan and then she's like i'm gonna be the mother of your child i just want a little respect he's like you want a little respect and he walks away and then she's like i'm gonna tell your wife then which again like this is reasonable his wife should know if you're gonna father a child and so he strangles her so again, she's supposed to be the villain in this movie, but all she said was, I'm going to kill your wife, and then he throws her against the wall and like basically <laughs> chokes her. Did she say, I'm going to kill or your I'm wife? I'm going to tell your wife. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, if he says, I'm going to, if she goes, I'm going to kill your wife, and he chanks, like tries to choke her, <laughs> like <laughs> maybe a bit more justified. <laughs> no, she just says, I'm going to tell your wife. Yeah, and then he okay. tries to choke her, and then he leaves. This is what I could do to you, and then leaves. Just um, never forget that I am a man and I'm stronger than you physically. Yeah. So he he goes to the cops. I don't. They don't even show him explaining the situation, and I feel like that's because you can't write this out and still think that this guy 
is in the right in any way. Yeah. And the cops like you can catch her in the act, but there's nothing else you can do. Which also, he's a lawyer. I'm guessing he must be a book lawyer because you would assume well, the, that a criminal lawyer would be like, hey... The cop actually does acknowledge that. There's a little bit of self-awareness there because he's <laughs> like, you know this. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so the cops won't do anything. So he's got to go out on his own. But he hasn't heard from her in a while. But he's like taking... He's paying attention to his family and he's going to get his kid the bunny she's been asking for. And... Mm-hmm. Oh, like a live bunny or a, a live bunny? bunny. Yeah. Aww. Yeah. So he picks up the bunny and he is taking it to his car, and she's there in the parking garage, sort of just phantom of the operating around. Like she's at one point like two stories above him, <laughs> looking down, and he doesn't notice her. And then she's like behind a wall. Um, Are you sure she's actually there, or is this his like imagination? He's picturing her. No, he's act. She's actually there because he gets to his car and it's covered in acid. <laughs> <laughs> Just like a whole bunch of tablets. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's supposed to be like she did something to the battery and that was battery acid everywhere, or she just like got acid and threw it on his car. Are you sure it's acid and not like hot it's maple syrup? It, <laughs> it's just <laughs> goo. It's the goo from the eighties. Uh oh. <laughs> it's come full circle. Um, when my oldest brother was quite young, he was playing with his walkie-talkies, and they stopped working, so he took the, the pack off the back, and the one of the batteries had like exploded or something, so there was like acid around, but he didn't know that because he was very young. So he was like, oh, it's maple syrup, and he licked it. My mom had to rush him to the oh, clinic. No. <laughs> anyway. So she throws acid on his car, and then the next thing significant is that like she's recorded a tape and left it can I have a brief aside here? Of course. When I told my mom, when I invited her over to watch this and said I was having trouble finding it, so I might have to... She suggested getting it from the library. When I brought that up, she's like, oh, I don't have a VHS player, or I don't have a VCR. And then I just sort of stared at her quietly for a bit, and then we both started laughing, like, cool, I don't have a VHS of Fatal Attraction that I'd like to watch. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to be a problem. (laughs) I get that she might have been like, well, this movie was made before a disc was invented. It's <laughs> very... Like, I haven't... It wasn't on Netflix is what I just told her. I'm just like, oh, okay, well, I don't have a VCR. It's like... <laughs> it's not one or the other. <laughs> there are more options. <laughs> so, yeah, she records a cassette tape and leaves it at his office. And so he listens to it on the way home and it's the normal, like, you can't just come into my life and change it and then walk back out of it and and then she starts getting really angry on the tape. She calls him a cocksucker. <laughs> and then inexplicably, she's like, I bet you don't even like girls, do you? And it's like, it's pretty well established that while he may not like women, he is sexually attracted to them. So what yeah. you're applying is very silly. Yeah, so he can't finish. He gets home before the tape is even done. So he takes it out. But meanwhile, she's been following him on his whole trip home. That's pretty smart. Yeah. Distracting tape. Yeah, so she, she follows him home, and then she watches through the window as he delivers this bunny to his kid. As Wait, so is there acid still on his car? I think he rents a car or something. It, I really, they lost me after the acid thing briefly. <laughs> <laughs> like, this is just a very confusing part of the movie. So yeah, she watches through the window as he delivers his bunny, and the kid's reacting. And then she runs away, crying and throwing up. Not the kid. No, Glenn Close <laughs> runs away from the window that she's been watching through and then throws up in the bushes. Because she has morning sickness. I guess so, but it's in the evening. I guess morning sickness isn't really morning sickness. But it was. Just, she's crying and puking, and it's a very... <laughs> there's a lot of stuff in this movie that I don't think is intentionally funny and very human, but it, it happens. Oh, okay. That's when he goes to the cops. It's because of the tape. Oh, he doesn't go again because now he's like, I have proof now. Yeah. This. No, he goes and he finishes listening to the tape in his little hole or man cave or whatever. And his wife comes up to talk to him. And he's got his headphones on. Gets all scared. And then he goes to the cops. And he's like, she's scaring me. And then he goes to his house again. And the family gets home. And the kid runs out to see the bunny. And the mom gets into the kitchen. And there's a pot on the stove. And she's like, that's pretty weird. I didn't put a pot on. And she walks up to the stove, and then at the same time that the kid's getting to the bunny cage, the mom opens the pot, and the kid starts screaming, the mom starts screaming, because the bunny's gone, and it's on the stove. It's very upsetting. Yes. 
was that Glenn Close or Michael Douglas though? <laughs> it's Glenn Close. Okay, well I like in her a way less. it was Michael Douglas. Yeah, yeah. Th- like this is the sort of shift in the movie. We're like it, an hour or fifteen minutes into the movie, and all of a sudden now she's actually the bad guy. Yeah, because like up until now, like the stalking part, like following him in her car, not good. Yeah, the killing the bunny and putting in a pot part real real bad yeah super <laughs> like now we can't root for Glenn Close anymore I kind of wanted yeah. her to ruin his life before this yeah so, like just don't take it out like this is obviously a child's bunny uh, just you know come out as his mistress was your child like that's much better revenge because then you ruin his life and uh, his you know, current wife and child can continue living with their bunny and dog. Yeah, I don't understand. Like, I guess it's she's so upset about his happy family that makes her throw up. I don't know. It's such a weird... They haven't set up this character as an inherently vindictive one. She's just hurt and yeah. upset. And then all of a sudden, now she's, like, trying to make his kid cry, killing bunnies. Yeah, disturb his family for life. Yeah, so... His wife is like, we should go to the cops. And he's like, the cops won't do anything. He's like, actually, they probably wouldn't know if she's actually done a crime. But instead, he's like, I have something I have to tell you. And then he confesses. And then his wife is understandably very upset. And is also like, why couldn't you have told me this like a month ago? And we could have figured something out. And also, our daughter wouldn't have had her bunny killed? Yeah. Although, like, she kind of seems like she's going to take it on the chin until he says that she's pregnant. And that's when she starts, like, screaming. Yeah, like, I don't understand... Because I feel like that happens a lot, especially in the 80s. It's like, well, everything's fine as long as you didn't get another woman pregnant. And it's like, why does it matter that much? Like, it's like, the, the why does it matter more than the initial betrayal? Like, yeah. I assume it has something to do with, like, the shame. Yeah. Because then, ha- then everyone would have to know if you yeah. have another kid. And then, so, he and his wife call Alex, tell her, like, it's over now. I've confessed. And then she's like, I don't believe you. And then he puts his wife on the phone, and she goes... Um, if you ever come near my family again, I'll kill you. Do you understand? And it immediately hangs up. So she may not have understood. Yeah. And also, does it... <laughs> if, do you think she killed this bunny because you didn't tell your wife that you yeah. cheated on her? Like, <laughs> there's something else going on. So that should be the end of it. But then she goes to pick up the kid at school, and the kid's not there. Uh, and Glenn Close. Yeah, so Glenn Close has abducted this kid and taken her to Coney Island. And this is another moment where, like, I hate the concept of this movie, and I hate the way that you're treating all of the women in this movie, but this scene is so delightful because it keeps switching back and forth between the mom, like, frantically driving around looking for someone walking with her kid, or, um, and Glenn Close and this kid silently, like, getting onto a roller coaster, or, like, getting ice cream and shit, (laughs) and... It's just really frantic and strange, and it's got that kind of 80s... Feel? Yeah. <laughs> um, that music that's meant to make you, like, stressed out. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then the sort of, like, climax of that is that she crashes her car. The mom does? Yeah. I'm guessing because she's driving. Mm-hmm. I wonder if this is... Because I looked up another, like, fact, and I think this is more like a goof. Like, a, like if you look really hard, you can see this. Mm-hmm. But apparently in one of the crowd scenes, when they're, like, just going through somewhere... Uh, you can actually see, like, someone there with, like, three exposed breasts, like, on the same person. Oh! It's just very quick. But it's not Glenn Close. It's not Glenn Close. Okay. It's someone in a crowd scene, and just, like, just three titties out. Mm. It might be at Coney Island. Yeah, I guess that would make sense. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was really weird, so I was gonna, like, bring it up and be like, did you see it? Mm. Like, apparently it's quite hidden, like, you have to watch it a bunch of times, but... Oh, is it like that... What's that one Disney movie where there's just titties in one of the windows? Oh, I don't know, but oh. the ori- apparently for The Little Mermaid, the original cover um, in the castle has that, a full I have penis. that VHS. <laughs> I think I have it at home, like, somewhere. Like, <laughs> hey, Dad, can you find this cover for me? <laughs> I want to see if there's a penis on it. <laughs> yeah, there is, there's a Disney movie that they, like, recall or something because someone had just spliced in porn into one of the windows. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh no yeah <laughs> so yeah there's that amazing scene and then the wife's in the hospital and the kid is just like she just returns the kid to their house just a fun goof yeah so michael douglas goes to see his wife in the hospital and she smiles at him 
from her bed and they hold hands and he like has some man pain about his wife being hurt and then so he sneaks back into Alice's house uh, tries to strangle her again and then she like attacks him with a knife fair enough yeah and he gets all bloody and wrestles the knife away from her puts the knife on the counter and walks away which you've just established that you shouldn't turn your back on Glenn Close with because she might have a knife she doesn't do anything like it's but yeah he just ruins her apartment and leaves um, well, also, he just starts, like, knocking stuff over and smashing stuff? Well, no, well, like, they're fighting. And then, oh, okay. like, the lamp gets <laughs> knocked over and her exercise bike gets knocked over. And uh, there is a scene where he's, like, strangling her in front of the sink and then the sink turns on again <laughs> and everything's getting wet. And it seems it's probably an intentional parallel to the sex scene. <laughs> but it was also very, de- like, there's so many details in this movie where I feel like maybe the directions is really good. <laughs> and it's just the writing that's terrible. <laughs> um... Yeah, so then he goes to the cops and he's like, she did this, and probably leaves out the part where he went to her apartment and strangles her. And then they're like, okay, well, we'll pick her up then. And he goes back home and takes his wife home and taking care of both of them. He draws a bath for her. He's like, I'm going to go downstairs and make you some tea. And so he goes downstairs to make tea, and his wife's drying the bath, and she's getting ready in the mirror, and she wipes the steam from the mirror, and behind her is Glenn Close. What? <laughs> <laughs> And then the movie ends. <laughs> <laughs> and then Glenn Close starts talking to her, and she's like, he can't. He tried to end things with me today, but he feels the same way that I do. You just don't understand, because you're stupid. You're stupid, you're stupid, you're a stupid, selfish bitch. And she, this whole time, she's holding a knife and, like, cutting her leg with it. And the wife is just silently watching this all happen. Oh, when he gets home, I should establish this now. Uh, he opens the drawer, and oh, there's a gun. He has a gun. There's a gun that we've just established right now near the end of the movie in the drawer. And he closes it. And so, yeah, she's trying to stab her in the bathroom. And his wife's screaming. And he can't hear it because the kettle's on and it's whistling. Mm. And uh, her bath's overflowing and is now immediately dripping from the ceiling in the kitchen. Kind uh, of a shitty house they bought. Yeah, they bought, like, they just bought this house. It's already leaking. Yeah already murderers living in it <laughs> so yeah Glenn Close is trying to stab her and she's running away and then he hears her screaming and then he runs upstairs and strangles her again he just loves loves to strangle Glenn Close yeah there's yeah is this some sort of fantasy thing they're doing it's definitely yes yeah yeah some somebody's horny for strangling women so yeah he strangles her and then drowns her in the bath and then kind of just goes to comfort his wife or whatever and then she gets up again <laughs> You cannot kill Glenn Close. So his wife shoots her <laughs> in the chest. So wait, he shoots Glenn Close? He shoots Glenn... No, she shoots Glenn Close. Ah, good. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't want to kill Glenn Close unless he can do it with his hands. Yeah, and then she, then Beth also shoots Michael Douglas? No. Okay. And then it She just... should have killed them both. Be like, they, they were both attacking me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then like <clears throat> the cops come or whatever. And then it just sort of zooms in on this photo of their family all happy and together Glenn Close is dead and everything's okay now I really really wish I mean I guess it would have wouldn't have made for as good a movie but uh, when she tries to kill herself that he had been like let's get you some help yes like something's this happening this could all have been avoided if he had taken her to the hospital or uh, not cheated on her wife with well, that's, that's <laughs> but again men have needs not taking someone who just tried to kill themselves to their hospital is more to the hospital is more despicable to me than cheating on your wife. I can kind of understand not it's really, like, it's like shitty, your wife you is think... beautiful and you have a family, fuck you so much for that, but... I, I feel like with cheating you think, or some people might think, that it can be a victimless crime as long as nobody finds out. Mm. Um, but yeah, not taking someone to the hospital when they're suicidal is a, a, a victim-full crime. Yeah, it's horrendous. Yeah. It also, it apparently causes that person to sneak into your house, kill your rabbit, and then try to kill your wife. Yeah. And abduct your kid and take them for a fun day at Coney Island. Yeah, just to give you a little a little scare. <laughs> I don't know, like, yeah, up until the rabbit part, I was like, I'm on Glenn Close's side, and then I was like, oh. Yeah. This movie, this movie, I never watched it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, long. Also, one question. Do you have tea when you're having a bath? Like, that's too much warm for me. I'll have a tea in the bath. Yeah. Yeah. 
dump it in there. Yeah. <laughs> so do you have any more facts about this movie? I have some facts and one that's just a joke, but now that I know that Glenn Close dies at the end, it doesn't really make sense. All right, well. Like Glenn, Glenn Close's character, Alex, actually comes back in a movie later on. Um, it's called The 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> Um, do, do, do. Oh, I do have one more. Apparently, originally, uh, Michael Douglas's character had, like, a long-standing mistress, as well as Glenn Close, and she was going to be, like, just sort of, like, off to the side. Like, they were like, ah, you know, like, it happens, and it was going to be a little bit of drama, but not, like, a bunch. Mm. Um, but she was supposed to be, like, a marine biologist who, like, works with dolphins. But, like, in 1986, there was a law passed that said if you have any marine life in your uh, film... Any actors directly working with the marine life would be paid in fish, like, because that's what the dolphin gets paid in, just to make it equal. Oh. Uh, so, like, none of the actors would agree to that. Yeah, understandably. So, yeah, so they had to cut it. Like, that law only lasted until, like, I think I think I wrote it down. It was, like, maybe maybe two years. Like, would, Was it a certain kind of fish? or I didn't see anything saying what kind of fish. Okay. But, like, just those small dead fish that are always given to dolphins. Which is like, I don't even know if that's really fit for human consumption, so you just have like a bucket of fish. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. It could have been a bit more complex, I guess. Yeah. I mean, I would have appreciated more women speaking. I would have loved it if any of them had spoken to each other without calling each other a bitch. Yeah. Uh, yeah. But you know, who wants to work for fish? Do you think that's why all the water and the like shoving fistfuls of water into his mouth maybe oh, that connected maybe. somehow yeah maybe like he says something like oh I've also got this uh, other lady I'm seeing she's really into dolphins yeah. and going close is like I'll show you who's into dolphins <laughs> <laughs> that's why he's choking her all the time to see if she'll make the dolphin we got oh it's two o'clock so we only have this booth for 20 more minutes so let's do okay. some quick uh, gripe or grape rather um, well, I didn't, I didn't like seeing Pooh today. So I wish I hadn't. Yeah. That's one grape. I swear I had a really good one about the bus. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to save this for the podcast. I'm not even going to text Melissa about it. And it was like three <laughs> days ago. So of course I've forgotten. I have a grape that's just about myself. I forgot to get almond milk yesterday when I was at the grocery store. And cool. yeah, I was real annoyed about that. Oh. But a wine is we opened up the kiln and everything looks pretty good. Yay! Those four cups that I made with just the colored bands on the top, one of them I'm probably not going to sell. It's not like it's not good enough, but the other three are fine. So I'm like, nice. Yeah. And the yarn bowl's really good and it works really well. Yeah. I'm going to make more. Yeah. Anyway, what's your positive? Um, Your wine, if you will. um, Okay, I have a wine. Okay. I went to Marie Lightburn with Wes few days ago and it was just so pleasant oh good every like i i like the deers but i'm not really familiar with his solo stuff so i wasn't sure what to expect but like the openers were all really chill and quiet and one of them was doing that thing that cute girls with guitars do where she like would go up on her tiptoes before she'd start singing and then kind of lower herself back down during the line (laughs) uh and i've never seen chairs at the fox before they had they brought out like dining chairs and lined them all up by the oh, stage. Okay. Yeah, it was just really pleasant. It was yeah, so relaxing. That's good. Oh, another good one was uh, for Wes's birthday. That was a fun day. Yeah. 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 I liked my donut a lot. It was a good donut. Okay. That was all good. Okay. Oh, should we do the bye? Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. We forgot to say bye. Thank. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, Wes. Bye. If you made it this far. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad you stayed awake. Did you hear my zipper? Okay, bye for real. Bye.